Up next on episode 27 of Stack Overflow, Joel and Jeff interview Alexis Ohanian and Steve Huffman, the founders and co-creators of Reddit, on IT Conversations. Hi, this is Phil Windley. Today I'm excited to bring you another great program from Stack Overflow with Joel Spolsky and Jeff Atwood here on IT Conversations. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. And now, here's Stack Overflow. Oh, I have a door. For the first time since, since doing this podcast, I have a door I can close. That's impressive. So is everybody here? Yeah. Um, today we have on the line um, the founders and co-creators of Reddit.com, the fabulous social networking website, Alexis Ohanian, otherwise known as, how do you pronounce that? Knothing? Zero sure. thing? Yeah. Nothing? No thing? It, it's not to be uttered by humans, only read on <laughs> screens. And uh, Spez, or uh, Steve Huffman, the other co-creator. And so how does this work? Steve does the coding, and uh, Alexis draws the alien, right? Yes. Steve does all the work. Mm-hmm. Alexis does all the play. Hey, we sort of have that with uh, Stack Overflow, except that I don't even draw the alien. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to mention something about that mascot. Not impressed. <laughs> We don't have yeah. a mascot yet. Well, the, the overflowing stack logo. That's a pretty good logo, actually, For but it's kind of square. It's not cool. No, I mean, I don't mean to hate on the logo itself. It's just uh, devoid of, you know, Kiwi, for instance. Right, right. It has no emotional... It doesn't have eyes. Yeah. Maybe we could put two little googly eyes on top of it, and people would like it. You'd be surprised how far you can go with some... That or a what? You know, somebody, somebody once said Reddit was successful because our logo is cute like a baby. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yes. At least. <laughs> At least I said that. I'm sure lots of other people said that because it's just obvious. People want to protect their babies, right? Babies are bald. They have big eyes. And you're biologically programmed to, to care about them and, and to try to cherish them and protect them. And just like Love. a baby, Reddit is defenseless and malleable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although if you do have a baby that looks like our alien mascot, <laughs> problems. See, see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. um. So can I open with one or two just business things before we get into the actual talk with these guys? Yeah, although we are actually – this is all being recorded. This is the podcast. Right, I, I know that. But go ahead. I'm, shoot, I'm shoot clear some with, stack over I've done, uh, I've done a few of these before, so I know <laughs> how it works. <laughs> uh, so I, I am at the – PDC, the Professional Quote Unquote Developers Conference in Los Angeles, and something really interesting happened to me. Which, well, two interesting thing ha- things happened to me. Uh, first, I gave a session with Phil Hack. Phil Hack is the PM at Microsoft for ASP.NET MVC, hmm. which is the framework that we use on Stack Overflow. We're probably the uh, most famous users of the ASP.NET MVC um, probably. framework. Probably and. Definitely for reasons I'll explain in about a minute. But that session went really well. I was very pleased with that. Phil did a great, outstanding job. Uh, and people seemed to really respond. I showed, uh, I remoted into our server, showed them some of the load statistics, and showed them the source code, and gave them a little walkthrough of how we do things. And that went over well. Cool. And then the other interesting thing 
that happened was we had this weird little sit-down meeting with Ray Ozzie and Bob Muglia. No These way. Are, yeah. <laughs> and it was us and like just like bloggers and stuff. And I think we were just trying to you know keep it real and you know talk uh-huh. to the real people and stuff. Uh, and as we were going around the room introducing ourselves, uh, I introduced myself. You know, of course, I'm Jeff Atwood of Coding Horror, and I have this venture stack overflow with with Joel Spolsky. And Ray stops me and interjects how impressed he is with Stack Overflow. Like, he gets really enthusiastic about it. He's visibly animated. He's no like, wow, kidding. Great. He's, like, he's like, we should be building more sites like this. He's like, I, you should see the email I sent out to all the people internally. And uh, So that was my little thrill of the uh, yesterday, was to hear Ray Ozzy talk about how great our site is. So that was pretty exciting. He's like a legend. He's beyond a legend. Yeah, we're, you know, I have mixed feelings about Ray because of the whole Lotus Notes things. Lotus uh, Notes but was I incredible. S- are you I kidding? Gotta say, you just have to remember that it was built in like 1985, you know, and it did all true. that stuff. True, but Ray Ozzy is truly a legend. I got to say, based on the conversations we had in that room, he's pretty engaged. I mean, he actually talked about Reddit too, guys. I mean, like he mentions, like, yeah, I've been clicking. On, I mean, I've seen some things on Reddit, and he seemed really engaged. Like he's actually looking at this stuff. Right? Cool. Like he actually looked at Stack Overflow and uh, yeah, all Billy, that stuff. Billy so anyway, used to do that, that kind of stuff in his in his day. Yeah, so I guess he's carrying on tradition. He also seemed like kind of a nice guy from what I could tell. Of course, I'm biased because he said very flattering things about our project. But anyway, that's that's all the PDC talk, and I want to obviously open up the floor uh, to to the Reddit guys to talk about that. You guys know who this is, right, Ray Ozzy? Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to know what his username is. Um, On Stack Overflow? (laughs) I don't know. And then the guy sitting next to me, then goes and opens up his browser on his, his MacBook Pro. He's a Stack Overflow user named Dr. Pizza. <laughs> and then I was watching him like check his rep and like go in and look at responses to his questions. Oh, did he know he was sitting next to you? Very surreal. It was all very surreal. Did right? he even know he, he was he sitting next to you? He never talks to me, not even once. He yeah. just opens up my site, goes into his profile, and starts doing a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I've, I've definitely had people like on the John Software discussion groups while they're sitting next to me, not knowing it's me that they're sitting next to. It's pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. Exactly. So, Joel, why don't you open it up? Because you've had a relationship with these guys for a while. Like, you have your own Reddit, right? So let's talk. Maybe That's true. That. Hey, uh, well, actually, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So, so first I should tell the, the listeners that, that, that uh, I, um, I, don't, I don't know what to tell. I guess at first, where did I meet you guys? In Boston, probably, at uh, some Y Combinator event. And they came up to me, and they're like, oh, we have this website, and it's Reddit. And I'm like, yeah, I heard of Reddit. Because for whatever reason, there a couple of programmers at Fog Creek had started hanging out there and reading. Because it had, you know, it had interesting articles about Lisp and startups and Lisp. Ron Paul. That <laughs> might have been before Ron Paul. No, Ron Paul replaced Lisp. Yeah, definitely. And I don't uh, know what I like more. <laughs> and I, I can't remember what I told you, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I said this sounds like a great idea, but. Uh, you're going to get whatever your early adopter audience is. That's going to be, you know, whatever they're interested in. That's going to be the site. You know, it's going to just lock into what 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 they like, and it's going to push away people that aren't interested in that. And and uh, it's never going to attract people because you know the, somebody comes in and doesn't have kind of a, like an atheist startup um, <laughs> Lisp hacker kind of approach to life is going to you know rapidly find that they're in the wrong place. And that was sort of my first reaction. I said, you got to make, make it possible to make lots of different Reddits for different communities. Yes, you were truly a visionary there, Joel. And in fact, uh, I think Joel.Reddit was one of the first little spin-off custom Reddits we ever made. Is that right? If not the first. 
Yeah, surely the first one was that pink uh, lipstick. um, (laughs) What the heck was that thing? Lipstick.com. Yeah. uh, What's new in celebrity gossip? Right, right. Is that still around? It was the first with a custom alien avatar in the logo. <laughs> That's true. I had a little. I had Joel. I didn't. I didn't know that was possible. But uh, but I was speaking to uh, Jennifer Eight, who um, I guess is your friend, Alexis. I don't know. Yeah, no, she's a good friend of Reddit. She said that she got her own secret. She got her own avatar, and then I realized this was possible, and so I insisted on getting mine. It's like a collect them all kind of thing. These are the behind-the-scenes shady dealings that go on in Web 2.0. <laughs> so the, you guys weren't kidding about the Reddit alien being like this, this, this seminal major figure in the history of your company. I would say it's one of the most seminal major figures in the history of the Internet. But you know. <laughs> I think you're biased. I, I, I detect some bias. Whatever do you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. There was a long time where I found myself going to Reddit just to see what the alien was doing. Oh, Joel, you're killing me. Yeah, now I'm feeling really guilty for not updating it. Yeah, well, not, yeah, that's true, actually. I really think you should go back to doing the little... No, Alexis, I should have sent this to you. Somebody yeah. left a comment, and they were like, yeah, they used to update the Reddit alien like every day, but they stopped doing that a few months ago. Oh, they've sold you out. They updated it every day? Every day? Yeah. Oh, there was a time when I was... You can actually, if you go to redditalien.com, you can see an archive of all of them. Um, but there, there were a few months in a row I would do it every day, every weekday at least. And there's a few, at least a few hundred aliens. Right? Yeah, there's it, it's pretty epic. Yeah, man. It was like let's take Google's cool idea, copy it, and then do it way, way more often and for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, but July they were funny. 20, and they were like July little, 21st, 2008. There were like uh, plots. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I like you for no reason whatsoever. That's my favorite part of that explanation. Uh, hey, man, it's true. Uh, I mean, it, I think the first one was on the 4th of July, and you can see how crude it is. I actually did that with a cracked copy of PaintShop Pro 5. This was before Steve introduced me to something called Vector Graphics. Uh, changed my life. <laughs> yeah, you could tell when you got Illustrator. Yeah, right around the Halloween. Difference. <laughs> yeah, right around yeah. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is cool. I, I didn't realize there were so many. I had no idea that it was that common. Yeah, you guys should bring that back. I totally agree, actually. Alexis, yeah. I, oh, jeez. Well, there's a couple other, you know, things that have to be done, but uh, it's just no, not a priority, get, man. Get, get your you got to make deals. You've got to get your interns to do it. Interns. Oh, you have video, I've heard of this. Oh, you have, you have video game. Oh, that's so awesome. You've got to bring this back. This is crazy. <laughs> Dude, man. All right. Yeah. Otherwise, well, making yeah, I started going to dig because the no. alien was just standing there. <laughs> oh, I mean, I low. still go to Reddit first to see if he's going to change, but if he oh, hasn't, then I just click Alexis, on the dig. Alexis, you have a moose Reddit. You should use the moose Reddit for some sort of Palin thing. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It could be for Palin yeah, problem. Well, you could just have Reddit. a... It's just yeah. writing itself. Why yeah, don't you have the community do it? Wait, no, no, no. You don't have to do anything. Just have the community do it. This is the, well, the, it's so easy. You should I, have the Reddit have Reddit, which is like the ones. alien, like an alien Reddit, and people can submit their own and vote yeah. them up. And the one, and that, the wins one that wins is the one on that the goes homepage. in every day. Then the community just takes care of itself. You just got to watch out for the porn alien. That would be really disturbing. Oh, they've had we, that. I've oh. seen a goat see alien. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it can do that, but it can do that. <laughs> oh, this, is going, this is going in the podcast. Where, oh, it's where are we recording this? Here. Great, great. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah, make should, a tape recording. Yeah, Joel style. records everything, so don't say anything. Secret. <laughs> hey, I, I uh, found that out the hard way. 
Let's see, July 26, 2007. That was my alien. Yeah, there was a week. Nice. I, I took a week off and had the guys do them. I like yeah. Yours is the. I think yours is the best, Steve. <laughs> I didn't even. I don't even know how to draw the own damn alien. That was after <laughs> two years. That was that, that was after two years of Reddit. I couldn't draw it. <laughs> yeah. So so let me ask you guys a question about the the development of Reddit. So I, I know early on one of the um, things I heard about Reddit and then researched was the whole the whole switch away from Lisp to something else. Python. Yeah. Uh. Did you guys want to talk about that? Because I know, did you guys start in Lisp? I mean, was that like the day one thing? Like, when 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 did you start development on on Reddit? Like, roughly. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll give you the the programmer timeline. We started in June of two thousand five. I guess okay. I should mention okay. that 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 you two guys are actually featured in the movie Ardvarged, which is supposed to be a movie about the Fog Creek interns, but somehow, um, uh, Liron, uh, our filmmaker, went up there and interviewed you guys for whatever reason. And uh, in that movie, I believe Steve is talking about sleeping with his computer in case it crashes. Um, oh, those are the good old days. And that's, that's why... Mag- hmm? The magic of Lisp. Yeah, it was written in the Lisp, so it would crash all the time. <laughs> You'd have to wake up once an hour in the middle of the night or something to babysit it. So, so tell the story, Steve. Okay, so, yeah, June of 2005 is when we started Reddit. Uh, we launched, and it was written in Lisp, and we, we launched uh, June 22nd. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, those were definitely the days when I was sleeping with my laptop, where it would crash every hour or so. It was, it was like having a little baby, um, and I'd have to wake up every few hours to like feed it and nurse it back to sleep. And, and you didn't mess. know that this is unusual for a website, right? <laughs> you oh, just thought, well, you know, actually, that's what happens when you have a public website. It's, it's like when you have your first kid, and, and it turns out you're just a bad parent, but you don't know any better. <laughs> We just, so we just Steve, didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, watching exactly. you nurse the laptop and the website was worth it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was in it was in November when we switched to Python. We we hired Aaron, who was a big Python fan, and I was I had some cosmetic frustration with Lisp, like my SSH tunnel kept dying or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, enough is enough. So we, so we switched. We rewrote Reddit in about a week um, in Python, and we've been Python ever since. Nice. So, what was the the idea behind choosing Lisp? I mean, n- nothing against Lisp, but it just seems like a really odd choice. It's like oh. I'm going to build a new website and I'm going to pick Lisp. What was the motivation okay. there? Well, there, there's. I, I remember this very clearly. When I was, so I've always, you know, been into computers, like uh, most programmers my age now, were when they were little. Um, and and when I when I got the internet in my room, I remember one of the first things I searched for. I one of the first things I Alta Vista'd for was uh, How to Be a Hacker. And, and Eric Raymond's How to Be a Hacker essay came up. And, um, and in there he quotes, um, I think he quotes Paul Grant uh, about Lisp. Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe he actually originated the quote, something about how Lisp will forever make you a better programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, searching around for Lisp and learning Lisp kind of leads you to Paul. So I read all of Paul's kind of Lisp propaganda. And so I was just kind of always into Lisp and really enjoyed it as I was learning how to program since I was... Uh, since I was like a middle schooler or high schooler, like first getting online. Oh wow! So way back in the day, you were went on the Lisp path. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I was never very good at it, uh, but it, it was always like this magical thing, and, and and so I used it a lot in college, and then uh, and then we had this opportunity um, with Reddit and and under the tutelage of Paul, so it just kind of it, it, it fit pretty nicely. Well, you he know, was... Lisp is like crack for Paul Graham. You know. Yeah. That. 
It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And, and no, I, I, and I was totally into it. And I still, and, and, and I will still say Lisp is the, well, it is almost the best language. It has so many cosmetic flaws, but. Yeah. He's written a couple of books about Lisp. At least, Paul Graham has written at least one book about Lisp, if not two. Two. Two, yeah. Um, yeah, ANSI Common and then uh, on Lisp. Right. And um, one of the things, he also wrote this uh, fabulous piece of propaganda, kind of telling the story of, of ViaWeb, which was his first startup, uh, which was an e-commerce platform that was bought by Yahoo, uh, later became Yahoo Stores. And uh, he wrote that in Common Lisp. And... Um, you know, he wrote he wrote this sort of long essay saying Lisp is a great language because I wrote ViaWeb and we were able to do it in you know one tenth of the work and with half the problems and blah 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 and you know it's such a powerful language compared to everything else that's out there and actually it's sort of important I think that is a little bit of a misattribution of his his success I think what he did was successful because he had great timing uh, not necessarily because it was written in Lisp and he was able to do it quickly I think because he was using uh, a language. You know, when you were writing writing a web application without in the days before frameworks was basically about string manipulation and database access, but mostly about just concatenating a lot of strings to create an HTML page. And yeah, and at the time, I mean, Lisp was one of the only it was one of the only like bytecode compiled interpreters yeah. um, that kind of fit his architecture really, really nicely. Yeah, it had garbage collection and it had edit and continue and, or, yeah, they called it something else. But, I mean, you could basically, you know, dive in and evaluate things in the context of your running program, which made things very easy to debug. And um, and garbage collection, memory management. And, and it's important to sort of remember that your other choices to develop a web application in those days were C and maybe C++. <laughs> and... Uh, I think, I think I don't think people were building web apps with Perl because this is really the beginning. But maybe Perl was yeah. an option, but you just didn't have a lot of good choices. And so, um, and the thing is that, 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 that Paul had really, really right, and, and it's still true today. Is there's no better way to write HTML templates than than S expressions. Mm. S expressions are better HTML than HTML is. Yeah, yeah. And, I've and, actually and, I've I, I've heard that too because I actually had a blog post writing about how. It's just sort of frustrating to have templating, and a couple of people brought up the fact that Lisp is like really awesome at doing templating, and so I'm, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's when you're converting to XML, which is effectively the same structure. But right, it's a it, tree. It's so natural in Lisp to go from like your, your your programming to your templates and back again. Whereas in most web frameworks these days, you have like a templating language and then your your main language, and it, it, you have kind of like this demilitarized zone in the middle. Um, okay, but then, but then, uh, but it didn't work. So you guys switched to Python. Yeah, we moved to Python, um, and and I was pretty happy with Python, considering I didn't know hardly any Python going into that, and all of a sudden our company was based 100% around that. It was quite a quite a dive. Right. But, the the other the other sort of news item I remember for you guys is the whole uh, the password reveal thing, where yeah, I, I mean not to. Poor salt and old wounds or anything, but I just I remember that and I was like, wow, you know, you're using this. I just felt bad because I feel like you know I'm I'm a stupid Windows developer and and you know I I barely know anything and I, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't store passwords in a database. Well, yeah, no, exactly. So and, and I knew better too, and and I did it mostly because when we were you know racing to launch, 
you know, it, it, it didn't seem like a big, a big deal at the time. And I was kind of, I was basically lazy and said, you know, well, I'll get around to that later. It's the same, you know, and, and the only reason that's a, a, a terrible issue is that people use the same passwords everywhere. And so it's the same kind of mentality of the laziness where people use the same password everywhere. It was kind of my laziness of, you know, not bothering with the hashing um, right off the bat. It's really important to know that almost nobody, when they're building a site, if they have any kind of reasonable uh, self-appreciation, almost nobody really thinks it's going to work and that there's really going to be that many people there. You know, you're always when you're, when you're at the point that you're writing the code for the passwords, you're probably not thinking to yourself, this is going to have millions of users and it's going to be a super critical part of the internet infrastructure. You're probably thinking, I don't even know if I can get this thing to work yet. And so you don't really spend time on stuff. If, if there's a shortcut, it's just really easy to take it. Yeah, I remember flaming Slashdot when it happened to them, too. And, and, yeah. and then being on the other end of that ticket, I, I feel terrible for everything. <laughs> I, some, you know, it's, uh, I'm serious. A lot of times I'll see people criticizing code. They say, you know, you didn't do this good enough. You didn't do a good enough job at this coding, or you need to, to redesign your user interface or whatever. And I almost... It always makes me kind of question, like, if they've ever shipped anything important. Because I think once you've worked on code that a lot of people have used, you realize just how friggin' hard it is, and you stop throwing stones at other people's class houses, you know? Absolutely. Well, that, that's uh, my thing with Twitter is, like, I, I, I'm kind of sympathetic, even though I think it's gone on far too long, the whole scalability. I mean, they've mm-hmm. done a lot better recently. But I think that the traffic levels that they're getting, it really cannot be easy for them. So the yeah. armchair architecture, yeah, 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 be a little frustrating. And and the people that are just sort of sniping and criticizing all day long, like Michael Arrington, you sort of know they've never built any kind of serious, you know. I mean, he's a lawyer, but 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 many of the snipers, you know, you may, maybe you're an in-house developer or whatever, but it's just unlikely that anybody's ever built anything that size and would then you know, have the galls to criticize them. Sure. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think you start to have a lot more sympathy once you've actually done this. I mean, I guess that's easy for people to snipe when they haven't tried to put anything out into the world and have people beat on it and see what happens. So. Well, live and learn. But one interesting thing that we, we did learn, and one of the reasons I didn't hash passwords for so long was uh, we, we noticed spammers all use the same password. <laughs> and it's so we had this really juicy way of catching spammers because we had this whole database of, of identical passwords and we could just like uh, wow. block them. Oh, you mean when they make like 30 accounts? Exactly. No kidding. They'll just use the same password for all 30 because... It was the same password or, or it would match a really obvious regular expression. Wow. So that's like five useful. numbers and two, and two letters. And, then, uh, and that was a contributing factor to leaving things the way they were. Huh. Was the team just you two guys for a long time until you added... So you added Aaron, and so, that's when you made the switch to Python. But up until that point, was it just you two? We added yes. our buddy Chris. Yeah, up until that point, it was just Alexis and I. Um, and then we, we also hired Chris, who was a PhD student at the same time as Aaron. Uh, and Chris is still with us today. We tried really hard to get him to drop his PhD to come join us full-time, but it didn't work. So he did. He finished his PhD, finally. Yes, right? and he he makes us call him Doctor Slow <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Doctor Slow. Yeah, actually, he he finished his PhD is- after 
after the acquisition, he spent uh, another three months or so in Boston mm-hmm. uh, going to school after we got bought. Did you notice when he got the PhD degree that his ability to write code suddenly decreased? He became less efficient at coding and wanted to think yeah. about things a lot and deliberate. It's funny. No, I noticed after he stopped being a grad student, he became much more productive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a correlation there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there's something about just doing one research project for about three years that causes you to slow down in a way, you know, that a lot of, a lot of PhDs that I've known have not really been the get things done type. They're always brilliant, but it's hard to get them to get things done. Well, Chris is definitely the get things done type. Um, but I think we also benefited from the fact that, uh, his, his PhD was in theoretical physics. Mm -hmm. So he effectively had a a huge like career field change, uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and so when, you know, when you get to start over, everything's new and interesting again. That is fun, and theoretical physics kind of runs out after a few years. The, the number of eventually, eventually, you have to prove something. Yeah. Uh, so we talk keep a little. Trying, uh, oh, just that we keep trying to fit in some experimental atomic physics into Reddit. It's just you know the opportunities there are just few and far between. But didn't you use a gravity algorithm for the for the homepage? I th- so Chris actually, that was his his biggest contribution uh, while he was a grad student. Was he figured out. Uh, the front page algorithm that didn't need to be recomputed every couple of seconds. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe he started with some sort of... I, I remember the whiteboard. Um, it was this monstrous wall of equations to, <laughs> to now when we look back on it, it was so simple, but uh, uh, it took us quite a while to figure that out. We actually looked at that algorithm uh, when we were doing stuff for Stack Overflow because we have Hot Tab, which is, has the same sort of mechanic. So we did actually look at that. And uh, yeah. it's helpful. So thank you for all the theoretical physics that went into that. Harvard replies, you're welcome. That's right. <laughs> so what about scaling? So when did you guys start to see, I'm kind of curious about like how much time you guys spent dealing with scaling issues. Like when did that start to become an issue for you guys? Like, okay, this thing started to take off and what was the strategy? Was it hard? Was it easy? Maybe you could talk um, about that. I, it's, it's always, it's been an ongoing battle, uh, uh, let's see. It, yeah, it, it's. I don't think we've ever not been thinking about scaling. Um, the, the and if we were to go back and do it all over again, it would be quite simple. But you know, we've been kind of we've been learning at, as as we've gone along. So it seems like every year or so we we learn another another obvious scaling technique that everybody else on the web already knows. Um, but we, yeah, no. When we started out, we just had one little one little tiny machine and our our little Lisp app server and a, and a Postgres database. And then when we, when we put the database and the app server on the second machine, it was on, on two machines, it was amazing the speed increase we got. Um, and now I think at this point we've got uh, seven databases and 22 app servers. Wow. Um, wow. Just kind of plugging away on Reddit. How many, if and you're, many? yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, we we're going to ask the same thing anyway. Go ahead. I was going to ask how many, uh, um, like, how many uh, page views? Like, do you have a good metric for like how many page views per I don't know day, month, whatever you can get on one server? Or on one server, you know, I don't, I don't know what that is on one server. What we do is we just add when load gets too high, we add another server. Yeah. And occasionally, occasionally we do an optimization that lowers load on all of the servers at once. Right. Right. 
But um, what, so each of our servers is quad cores, and so each of those is running four actually application server processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't actually know what well, what one little process will do. It's sort of I interesting. Like I don't I don't really know. Like we think we have uh, like Stack Overflow. Uh, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong now, but I think we're we're getting something like eighty to ninety thousand watts per watt. What is that measurement? I can't remember. Users <laughs> yeah, what's per, per what? That's very scientific. <laughs> page views. No, but it's like a it's a, it's like it's like hundreds of thousands of page views a day, right? Well, we just well, there's actually something you don't know, which is that we uh, we just actually went to our second server on Sunday night. Oh, congratulations! Yep. Yep. Never that was uh, what we did. Is we split up the uh, web server and the SQL server onto two different boxes, right? Yeah. That's the that's the first scaling move that everybody that's makes. The, the hardest step is one application server to two application servers. That is going to be easy for done, us. That's that's going to be trivial for us, I think, because you just uh, put in another no. IIS instance, put, put in the same database. No. Well, we're doing some stuff with session. We're not doing a whole lot with shared state, but there's some things we are doing. So then you just tell your load balancer that the same user has to go back to the same machine and it's solved. A- AKA sticky sessions. I don't know. Do you guys use sticky sessions at Reddit or do uh, you, what do you do? We, we don't. Um, we, we, we don't. Uh, each app server is completely stateless. Uh, we, but we do cache a lot of session-related things in memcached. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that works really, really well. Um, before that, we, we had kind of an in-between step where we um, each... So going from one app server to two app servers was really difficult for us um, because the way we had been doing caching is, uh, is, is the app server basically had a, had, a, had a Python hash table in memory right. that only that process could access, and that was our cache. It was super fast because it was local, but adding the second app server was, was an, is a nightmare. And we used, a, we used a toolkit called Spread, uh, which is a fantastic open source uh, like network uh, like a network mass- messaging toolkit to keep our caches in sync, but we had these like redundant caches for every app server. Why can't um, uh, each app server have a different cache and they just fill it up themselves? Uh, for things like we, what we didn't want to have happen, what, since, the app, since we didn't have sticky sessions, we didn't want a user to, for example, vote on something and then make another request that hits another app server and all of a sudden the story isn't voted on anymore. Oh, right, and then of course it looks like they can vote it up. Yeah, and then users really spaz out when they think their votes aren't counting. So then, but and, and the only way to, but I mean that would be solved if you if you had their IP address go back to the same machine. Yes. Yeah, so so sticky sessions is is a simple solution to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and if we were going if we were to do it again, actually I'd probably use Memcached again because Memcached works so nicely for us. But sticky sessions uh, we use as our front end web server HA proxy, which is the most amazing piece of software. What so what does HA proxy do exactly? It, it's 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 a very lightweight, fast proxy server, mm-hmm. but it's got this very uh, this very clever configuration language, if you will. Uh, but it's our front end web server. And so a single web- a single instance of this front end web server can serve all of your users. Yes. And how much would that? I mean, it seems like that would be a bottleneck. I guess it's you pretty fast. Think, uh, yeah. We're we're waiting for it to become a bottleneck, but uh, it's. It, it's not. It's nowhere even close yet. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it uses almost, I mean, a trivial amount of CPU and almost no memory. Now it doesn't really do anything. It just uh, the, uh, the the limiting reagent, I believe, is the kind of the, the network stack on that box. But it's kind of a. Um, I mean, the, 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 and that, and that's what would happen if you just had a regular load balancer. Is 
it would be limited yes. by whatever the network stack on that box was. But this sounds like it's an application level load balancer, so it actually knows about the HTTP. It's like actually making the HTTP connection itself. Uh, yes, yes. It's like a, it's like slightly higher in the protocol stack. It's at the application layer layer. Yeah, it, it's, of the, it, it's it's a weird combination because we we switched to it. Um, oh, let's see, maybe maybe three four months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were using Lighty before, and, and Lighty does all sorts of web survey things like, uh, you know, authentication and, and static files and all sorts of stuff like that. HAProxy doesn't do any of that. It, 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 it can basically look at the request and, and route it and, and route your request to specific machines based on, um, based on the headers. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. But it's blindingly fast, and I really love it. It's, 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 it if you go to their webpage, it just has this air of uh, stability and competence. Um, you, you know what I mean? If you go to like some open source pages and it just looks kind of like, I don't really want to depend on this. <laughs> yeah. These guys, these guys reek of intelligence. Cool. HA proxy. All right. We'll, we'll look into that. I, I think we're using some kind of a Linux front end. I don't know what we're using. Yeah. We just switched something else. Originally, you know, uh, at Fog Creek here, we're on Windows. And Windows ha- has a um, built-in network load balancer. And you can actually get load balancing working for a decent size, you know, like a handful of machines. We were just doing it with two, but, you know, it'd probably, it'd probably go up to about 10 or 20 machines. Um, and it's entirely done in software, so you don't need a front-end box. Basically, all the, um, all the uh, boxes themselves just sort of work it out amongst themselves who's going to handle which request. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like having everything stateless. It, 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 it makes adding new app servers and yeah. app servers dying just kind of a, a non-issue. Very cool. So I noticed you guys, uh, so one item that was in the news was uh, your deal with the independent. Is that the first sort of major branded Reddit that you've done? Uh, you aside, well, there was the aforementioned lipstick, uh, but when it comes to actually like established partners, um, yes, they're, they're our first big one. Oh, cool. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I accidentally somehow got to Lipstick, and I was very traumatized by that experience. I was like, wow, this is like Reddit in, like, crazy world. Oh, you, know? you don't even know. Alexis, tell me about the new one. <laughs> yeah, if you like Lipstick, you really ought to try WeHeartGossip.com, which is uh, oh. sort of like the, the resurrection of Lipstick. <laughs> Basically, we felt like Lipstick was a little too pigeonholing, uh, because it really only attracted people who were either women or men who wore Lipstick, and... <laughs> And as a man who does not wear lipstick but still cares about that kind of stuff, I thought we needed a brand that was a little bit more open, and that was We Heart Gossip. Uh, How do I type the the, the heart? Oh, H-E-A-R-T, I see. (laughs) But in reality, I think Connie just had plans for Lipstick.com, so uh, we had to find some place to send all those gossip lovers. They had, like, different plans for it, or they just gave up on it? Oh, they have have plans for the domain, uh, and they will not even tell me. Oh, I see. Oh, I was all excited. It looked like somebody left a comment on We Heart Gossip, but it looks like it was a spam comment. <laughs> we, 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 we can't seem to get these users to leave comments. Yeah, really? They're voting now, which is nice. I think they like the hearts and the crossbones. And they're but, submitting, uh, right? They enough. do submit. Yeah. But they just, uh, they're just far less. The, the gossip, the world of gossip is far less... Your users are just very different than, than program, programming users you know, or Reddit users. They don't gossip, ironically. They just... <laughs> Maybe they, they've gotten their fix, and I don't know. So we're, we're, we're doing what we can to figure out a way to get them commenting, but uh, we'll see. If you do, it's going to look like YouTube comments, right? 
It's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it's not be thoughtful pretty. discourse. Yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? They're not saying anything at the moment. Well, the reason this is interesting to me is because every other day somebody comes to us and says, wow, we really like this Stack Overflow model. It's really cool. We would love to do it for X, where X mm-hmm. is not programming, right? And, you know, I've always said from the beginning that, you know, this is kind of what I know. Like, you know, and, and I want to stick to things that I know so I can be competent at them. And, and not that Stack Overflow, the model, wouldn't be good for who knows what, like, say, Lipstick. Uh, but I'm, then I hear this, you know, it's, it's such a different community like what you're describing that I'm not sure they'll really get into it like programmers do. Um, like, one of the obvious things we're probably going to do at some point is have sort of an IT-focused version of Stack Overflow that's not really for programmers. Um, it's for scripters and people who do, you know, maintain servers and things like that. Yeah, There's- sysadmin help desk, you know, Windows problems. Well, that would be more directly opposed to expert experts exchange, really. Because experts exchange has some programming information, but really it's mostly for IT people. I'm trying to look at what's actually... Maybe somebody like oh, uh, Chris Perillo, Jeff. You know, we were thinking about that, trying to figure out who the right that person came is. Up. That actually came up. I was sitting next to the guy last night, the guy who does kbalerts.com. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I cannot remember his name, but I've been to KB Alerts. It's basically just an aggregation service for all the Microsoft knowledge base articles, and it's useful. Um, but he brought Chris Prillo up as well. But the, I think Chris Prillo is like, he has, he already has like an empire. The guy yeah. is like a one-man media circus. And I don't know that he could really spend time on yet another arm of his burgeoning empire you know that's going to take over the chris perillo world <laughs> uh, but that it's the right type of person i totally agree i'm just not sure he would have the time to do it Leo, but joel Leo and i Laporte, feel that yeah. when setting up these when setting up these communities the most important thing is to have people behind it that are sort of emblematic of that community and they can set the direction like kind of what like joel and i do for stack overflow we really wanted to bring like critical mass of like if you don't have a critical mass of users in the first days you know, it's very hard to, for the community to have the right kind of voice that it's going to have. Like, I think, so I think for something like yeah. Lipstick, you would want some really, like, I don't know, Manolo of the shoe blog. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing up blogs my wife reads now, so I don't even know what I'm talking about, frankly. <laughs> no, uh, is but people who do gossip and people who do this stuff, you need one of those people um, to be, in, like, the, the face behind this, in, in my opinion. So you're saying we should talk to Julia Allison? Yes. I, I guess. I don't really know who that is, but maybe. It, it may be for the best. It was widely reported that I slept with Julia Allison. <laughs> I saw that on Valleywag. That was uh, yeah, that was some good journalism. That was absolutely Valleywag. hilarious because they missed <laughs> they missed the actually what would have actually been an interesting story. <laughs> anyway, if I remember correctly, though, to your credit, it, it, that person was quoted as being the best love her of her life. All so right. it, it could have been worse context. Um. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Joel, I'm learning so much about you that I didn't know. I thought I knew you pretty well by now, but apparently <laughs> there's a whole side of you that I, that's just news to me. Careful what you read on the internet. I, wait, I, I just so, said it was reported. Yeah, so are you guys going to continue to do these branding deals like with the independent? I mean, you're going to – how – let me just talk to you about business model. I mean, is this going to be the business model is, is like have a bunch of sub-branded Reddits or – I mean, we, what's the strategy? We, We've, we've had some success creating different communities uh, that sort of spun off from Reddit that happened rather organically. Like the environment Reddit is a good one that just sort of grew out of, you know, an environmental community. Uh, but actually doing partnerships with established content generators is definitely a, a vertical we would like to go into. I mean, ideally, we let people create their own Reddits so all these communities could just spring up. The, the whole point of us letting users create their own Reddits was that we could have the, all these new verticals start springing up 
And one of the more uh, easy ways of doing that is to work out partnerships with content producers that already have massive communities, but no way for them to interact with one another. And The Independent's one of the first, and, and actually since then we've got a couple other now in the works. Uh, and hopefully it'll be a good way for us to expand it to just really new communities. Totally makes sense. This is what I always thought would be the business model, actually. <laughs> that, that sort of made sense to me was like provide package, a packaged Reddit-like capability for, for uh you know, in communities of interest. The independent is a little bit weird, but I could imagine like like daily costs or something, or or you know, some kind of you know very specific um, uh, a group of people that are you know maybe of you know have the same philosophy about certain things, but aren't necessarily organized yet. Sure, absolutely, um, and and I think that the 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 hardest part for us, we 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 know it will work. Um, the hardest part for us is, is you know, getting new communities off the ground. Um, so that's been kind of a, a new focus for us in, in, in trying to get communities that we don't necessarily understand mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. may not necessarily be a part of, but getting those to take off is, is a bit of an ongoing challenge. But I think we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. I think I've never succeeded. I mean, when, I, when I've tried, it's just amazing how it seems like it seems like the whole difference. Like I have on the, on the Jolon Software Discussion Group, i got the uh, – Dot net questions thing there. Um, but I also, at the same time as I made that, I think I made a Delphi questions group. I can't remember why. Is that what Turbo Pascal is called now? I just thought that it was, you know, why not? Let's make a Delphi question. While I'm making .NET questions, I can always add more later. I, I can't remember why I chose those two, but uh, Delphi got zero users. Like zero, like two. literally zero. I don't think anybody ever asked a Delphi question. Somebody was like, why is there Delphi questions here? <laughs> What's wrong with the other Delphi questions discussion groups? And, well, um, uh, but the, dot, the dot .NET one sort of took off. And I, and I don't think that's, I mean, Delphi is r rare and weird, but mostly it's because I didn't really understand that community and I didn't really know how to reach them. And trying to build a community for another community that you don't know about, it's just not as simple as like slapping the right name on that thing and hoping that they show up. I, I totally agree, and I think it's about stewardship, right? You got to have the right personalities involved at a high level that have some kind of following, and you're gonna say, "Hey guys, let's go do this thing," and you know they're gonna have this pull, this wake of people are gonna follow them, and they're gonna control and set the tone for the community, and I think that's crucial. And that's if I were you guys, that's definitely what I would be looking at for these verticals. Um, yes. So going in a slightly different uh, direction. Um, with, with Reddit questions. So how many people actually work at Reddit now? Like, do you guys have offices? What, what is this situation like? We are in the corner of Wired.com's office in a little terrarium, uh, and there are five of us. Are there turtles? Not yet. Uh, well, with Jeremy, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> you said terrarium, oh, I can't sorry. wait for when he listens to this. <laughs> Uh, we're actually hiring a sixth uh, starting November 10th. We're very excited. A lizard? No. Uh, you know, Joel Spolsky, he's actually your twin. Huh? <laughs> he, is, he is your twin. Alexis and I, we had lunch with him a few weeks ago, and we both had the same comment when we left, that, that this, this guy was channeling Joel. <laughs> Not surprisingly, he's a big fan. Wow. And he probably will be listening to this podcast going, hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations, Alter Joel. Yes, many Joel. Bizarro Joel. 
Yeah. And, and actually, to Jeff's point uh, about recruiting those sort of uh, leaders within the community to create new communities, um, we're hopefully bringing on a community manager in the near future uh, who will also do just that. Because we even so we had a competition just a couple months ago where we had a bunch of people trying to create and sort of grow their own communities. And we found that there are, within Reddit, all these smaller little communities with, with people who have taken the effort to create something and could really use some help in terms of growing it, and that's the kind of thing that we would like to help to continue. Right. So w another area that I know you guys have done a lot more work than we have, and I want to hear sort of your battle scars, is uh, dealing with people trying to game the system. And one thing I've heard you do that we really need to do that we don't do currently is when somebody decides to target another user and decides, you know what, I don't like you, so I'm going to downvote everything you've ever done, right? Um, and I heard that you guys have protection in place for this, where you detect that pattern and then just disregard all those votes. Um, our prevention mechanism is primitive at the moment in that we'll only allow people 30 votes per day. So there's a limited amount of damage you can do. You'd have to hate somebody a lot to come on for five days. You could do it, and it has happened for the record. Uh, to give somebody 150 down votes would take five days, right? Uh, so could you talk a little bit about that and some of the like mechanisms you put in place over time to prevent weirdnesses uh, and things like that? Sure. I mean, for a long time, we didn't really have, I mean, we had very little spam and anti-gaming protection because it wasn't a huge problem. Um, you know, users would always freak out about it, but, you know, looking at the actual data just wasn't, wasn't really a, making a huge impact. Um, but these days, yeah, we have a lot of stuff, and that's actually the one portion of our code that isn't open source. Um, not, not because we're secretive about doing it, obviously I'm talking about it, but because we, 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 change, we change kind of our metrics in the, in the way we detect those patterns and the way we, the, the way we use that data uh, very, very often. Um, uh, it's also, it would, obviously it would make it trivial for spammers to game it if they could have a copy of the exactly. support um, what you're doing. Security, you know, people always poo-poo uh, security through obscurity, but uh, yeah. security through obscurity is great as long as yeah. you have actual security in addition. Um, right. <laughs> so without uh, revealing the, the secrets, obviously, I just want, I'm curious about like some of the patterns you guys have observed. Well, or so when, when users are behaving like that, they, they behave differently, very differently um, than, than legitimate, than what, I guess what we would call legitimate usage of the site. Uh, they, you can tell like they're not. I mean, I mean, you can tell where they're coming from. Kind of their usage of the site just doesn't fit a typical user. And we have so much data on what a typical user looks like. I mean, you can eyeball, you can eyeball this sort of behavior and see that they're up to no good. Um, so the tricky part is, you know, kind of catching them without letting them know they've been caught. Um, and we've been doing that since the beginning. Uh, I don't know how much of that's in our open source code, so I should probably watch my mouth a little bit. But um, <laughs> are you? It, well, it, it surprises me that you're this concerned because we're pretty open on Stack Overflow about, look, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, and I mean, I don't know, I'm yeah. surprised. So you feel like that's a part of the formula? It's like you can't really describe well, I feel exactly. Like we, well, I feel like we set the tone um, since the beginning of the site that you know anything goes. Um, and, and so we, we try not to deviate that from too much, and we try not to interfere too much. Uh, it's only when a user's really, I guess, negatively in, impacting the, the the user experience of another user that we kind of that we that we step in. Um, but we found that there's just so many votes now, and, and users are overwhelmingly positive that for the that for the haters, uh, they really just don't have much of an impact on the system. 
Right. No, that's true. And even on our site, which hasn't grown, I mean, we're not at you guys' level, not even close. But yeah, I agree. The, the volume of badness is really small. And one of the when we started designing Stack Overflow, one of the things that really struck me was on my blog, anybody can enter anything, and I don't really vet any of the content that goes there. Um, and it was surprising how little, other than sp- the obvious spam that's just ridiculously dumb spam, but people trying to game the system or post links to their own blog and manipulate the system were really quite rare. Um, so it, it ends up being kind of sustainable without you doing a lot. So I agree with the philosophy that you shouldn't have to go in and you know, dispense the, the fist of justice to users a lot. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like there are rules, right? And So you guys yeah, don't define any rules? Uh, a little bit. Uh, we, we try to discourage it. They're mostly social rules, and we try to just kind of uh, reinforce kind of ex- ex- what acceptable behavior is. And so acceptable behavior doesn't include going to somebody's profile page and voting everything down. Um, and now, behind the scenes, we don't let that happen. Um, but we try, not to, we, we, we try not to dwell on it too much. We usually just say, you know, don't be a prick. Um, right. I'm actually I'm, I'm reading your FAQ right now, and, and, and you guys have done – you have like this little uh, – it looks like this reputation economy almost, um, yes. which is really cool. I'm excited to see you guys uh, doing this because it's, this is something we've talked about since the very yeah. beginning. And, and, I, and I always wonder how much our community would freak out if we added a system like this. Um, is it working out well for you? Well, I'm a Reddit noob, so I, I have an account. Uh, under coding uh-huh. horror, but like I, I, I don't really understand. Like, there's a number next to my name that I don't really understand. Like, I thought, did you guys have something like that, or what? What is that? So, so we have this karma, um, and that was, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's totally superficial. On something you submitted, you get one karma, uh, and and that's and that's basically it. We use it on the back end to for for anti cheating purposes um, here and there, but. From the user's point of view, it doesn't really do anything at all. Uh, but the notion of spending karma to, to have more power is something we've talked about for, uh, I mean, forever. Uh, but but, but we, we haven't actually implemented it yet, so I, I, I'm intrigued. I, I'm intrigued to see you guys doing it. Yeah, no, I, it's worked really well for us. And it, it doesn't, reputation is, is weird in that all it really means is that the system learns to trust you, so it gives you more abilities. Uh, sure. With the ultimate goal being, you know, the user should be controlling the system because, A, we don't scale, right? Like the four people who have full-on moderator abilities don't scale. So the community has to scale. The community has to police. The community has to decide this is the right kind of stuff we want and this is not what we want. So we want to empower people to do that kind of thing. Uh, but they have to invest in the system. The system learns to trust them, uh, largely through the votes of other users. The more people that vote for you, it's very page rank like It's very googly in that. Um, the more people vote for you, the more authority you have with regards to the system. It doesn't mean your answers are any good necessarily. It just means that other people like them and the system will let you do more things. Yeah, and, and so the, the thing that always has concerned me is how do you make sure people aren't working together to artificially inflate their reputation? So I, I've always been concerned because uh, – so in Reddit Karma um, – I would be concerned that we couldn't trust. Like, I know how people cheat their karmas up, and I know there's a few people, a few users who have, um, you know, illegitimate karma, and I'd be afraid of those users using them for bad. Right. Yeah, and I think Dig has a lot of algorithms, from what I've heard, to prevent that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and we're getting better and better at it, and I, th- and I think we're pretty good at it kind of detecting 
groups of cheating these days. But uh, you know, we're only we only get so far ahead of the cheaters before they figure out something else. Right. Yeah, there's always that risk, and we're still at the very beginning of, of seeing all the pathologies, but the encouraging thing and the the optimist in me, the part that I find encouraging is that, like you said, the good tends to vastly outnumber the bad. Yes. And maybe yes, maybe we're still in the maybe we're still in the honeymoon phase, but hopefully that will continue. And based on my track record with my blog, you know, there would be comments people would leave three years later on three year old blog entries that were actually really nice, helpful, useful comments. So that that I was projecting that forward and hoping that on Stack Overflow, old information would continue to attract people that were still interested in it and you know positive uh, oh, bits yeah, of information. We've had the exact same experience. I mean, users are yeah overwhelmingly positive, and I still get uh, replies to comments I've le- I've left you know months and months ago. People are still debating me on a handful of topics, <laughs> um, or, or there'll be a new user and I've somehow stumbled across one of the controversial posts where I've thrown my two cents in. How many? Um, how much? Yeah, more, how much? Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. I interrupted. I was going to say it's it's uh, users. I mean, they they tend to want to play by the rules. Um, so as long as they know what the rules are, they tend to be fairly, you know, fairly respective of of the kind of in place community. Yeah, usually we we even went so far as to, and I, I hesitate to say now because I don't know if the wiki is actually still working. But we even went so far as to let them create an etiquette guide, which they promptly called Reddit, uh, Reddit etiquette, uh, and, and where they listed basically a list of do's and don'ts uh, that have been referred to rather passionately, as if it were like the the way, the way libertarians talk about the U.S. Constitution. I've seen redditors talk about the Reddit guide, and that's just a wiki. Like I can go change it. It's Infogami powered. <laughs> Which, by, by the way, Alexis, uh, we got to get that on your to-do list. To uh, I've been meaning to update that for a little while. We got to get a new wiki in there to move it off. We have a new wiki. We have a new wiki. Oh, all right. Uh, then. Never mind. I've got to yeah. update that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. Um, okay, I got one more question for you guys. Um, so you're sort of famous as being the first Y Combinator company to really sell to Condé Nast. How much did you make? Oh, we can't talk about that. Oh. How long are you not yeah. allowed to talk about that for? Uh, the statute of limitations, I believe, is seven years in California. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and we were, well, we whatever the contract says, tacos. the contract could say forever. I mean. Um, so I believe I, – well, let's see. Um, so we have a work contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, that expires uh, sooner than seven years. You'll probably know when we all leave Condé Nast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I don't know when the what, what the, the when the non-disclosure ends. Uh, I mean, they could they could negotiate. They could say forever. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it says forever. But honestly, I don't recall. It's, at some point, they'll probably stop caring. But, uh, and I'll tell you, tell you what, Joel. If you get Steve up to New York and get a couple of beers in him, you might find out. All right. What kind of car do y'all drive? <laughs> I'm just trying to work at it from another angle. <laughs> oh, Joel, this is going to depress you, man. I walk. I don't own a car. Okay. I did, I did, I did buy my dad a new hybrid Camry, though, so does that count? Uh, and not a Tesla. Okay. <laughs> guess, guess how many tacos that would be. You guys didn't get it. <laughs> no wonder Connie Nass doesn't want to announce how much money you made. Oh, wait, was that their terms or was that your terms? Like, you can't tell anybody how cheap we sold that for. 
Uh, that, that's definitely their terms. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they always do that. I mean, it's 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 uh, they they uh, I guess if it was a public company, they'd be required to disclose. But um, when they're not, they always try to keep it undercover. And incidentally, um, one thing I noticed, which is uh, which is interesting, is that the um, whenever this happens in Israel to Israeli startup companies. The journalists always figure it out. They always find out. Somebody knows somebody whose cousin. They're all bragging about it. And, yeah, and it's always Google published it. in the newspaper the next day. If you, if you Google around, I, th- I think that the, the internet is... <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's searched in a while. No, but you'd find just as many wrong answers as right answers. So yeah, if, you, if you find yourself confronted with a lot of answers, assume it's the highest one. <laughs> and how much did the alien get? It's nothing. Wow. Wow. Uh, Wow, I knew he would get the the short end of that stick. <laughs> yeah, and after being after being put on every piece of merchandise available, and I know. tortured by that penguin for just days. You oh, haven't tortured him. Get its comeuppance. You haven't tortured him in a long time, by the way. I know. You know what, Joel? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Stack Overflow uh, logo for you guys on right. on Reddit. It's gonna be a custom Reddit logo. It's gonna confuse a bunch of people because they're cool. like, "What the hell is that Stack Overflow thing?" But you know what? What the hell? Is that? <laughs> Don't. Well, you know, I got to tell you, Michael Pryor wanted us to start a custom subreddit, which I wasn't against it, but I was just like, well, I don't know. I just it you mean Stack me Overflow strange. subreddit? But Michael Pryor, who is Joel's partner, if you guys know Michael, you probably do. Yeah, uh, he was hugely gung ho. You should email him, and he'll be like all over it. He'll be like, you're he he can do this for you. Whatever you need, just give him the logo, and he'll go crazy and create the, the rest of it. I'm pretty sure. So one one final question before we go, though. Um, so how much moderation? do you guys do on a daily basis on Reddit? I mean, like, how often are you in Reddit doing things? Okay, well, here, I'll answer the first part, and Alexis will take over on the, the second. Um, and, and in terms of the, the original Reddits, like Reddit.com and Programming and Politics, mm-hmm. we, we try to do very little. Um, we, you know, we, we remove spam. Um, we do about 50% of our submissions are spam. Um, but we, other than that, we just we try to just behave like regular users um, and... and, and you know, comment. And actually, we, I think we all kind of have some alter egos. Um, and we occasionally drop in as Reddit moderators, but usually, you know, only, I, I mean, only through comments. We, we don't really try to do anything under the hood in terms of moderating users or, or, or that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But on some of the newer Reddits, Alexis is w- working with a handful of users and, and, and letting them be moderators of, of some of the up-and-coming Reddits. Oh, I see. Yeah, we uh, because so as as we've been saying here, you know, there's only five of us, soon to be six, maybe seven, with the community manager. We we can only monitor so much, and our amount of time on Reddit, as fun as it is, uh, is limited. And so by getting in touch with these hardcore users, we can start doing cool things for them. Whether it's uh, creating house ads uh, featuring the alien, which apparently have an obscenely high click through rate, uh, or just doing random stuff like sending a crowbar to the CERN facility. Uh, which was something that, that some users on gaming Reddit came up with as an idea to save the world from the, the incident that happened at Black Mesa, as some of you may right. remember. Uh, awesome. And that was, cool. was, that was fantastic. And in fact, the crowbar did make it all the way to CERN. Uh, and we're still waiting to get back some of the photos. But we were able to track down one Gordon Freeman and get some, uh, get some great footage of him protecting the world. So, uh, so it's, it, it's little things like that where we're trying to, recreate, excuse me, trying to recreate the same success we had with Reddit when it was still a small site where people felt like it was, there was a culture to it and a community. And uh, you know, trying to recreate these with all these new other Reddit communities. Right. Through crowbars. That's really the secret to Web 2.0 success. 
It's all about crowbars. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and just so you guys know, I have a little connection with you guys. I also attended the University of Virginia, although I graduated in uh, 92. Wow. Wow. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I forgot Another, about that. Yeah, exactly. So we wouldn't have met each other, but yeah. UVA for the win. So it's good stuff. Actually, UVA lost to Duke this year. UVA for the lose. <laughs> <laughs> My dad still follows that. I try to avoid bringing it up. He's a pretty hardcore sports fan, so yeah. Now my dad's going to be all depressed. Hopefully my dad won't listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> so Joel, did you have anything else for these guys? No, it was uh, awesome having you on. Well, Thanks for having uh, us. Sorry that the, the, the sound kept dropping out. I'm going to edit all that stuff out in post, as they say. I see. Right. Will you give this thing a whole, like a cool techno backbeat uh, mm. soundtrack or something? It already has one. No. Oh, all right. Damn. Um. Um, I'm blanking here. Do you want me to upvote you? I'm upvoting you. In, in what? Does that help? Does that help? Thank it's just you. an imaginary upvote. <laughs> well, thanks. Woo. Woo. Yeah, go. I got some karma. You got some karma. Um, I guess we should tell our listeners uh, of the of this podcast uh, who have been listening to Stack Overflow podcast. What number is this? Is this number twenty? Oh man, I don't even know. Twenty something. Twenty something. Yes. Well, look on the little screen of your iPod, and it will tell you what Stack Overflow podcast this is. And also, we should tell our listeners that uh, we, we do have a podcast hotline you can call in with questions, and we'll try to get to some of them next week. And the number for that is um, area code 646-826-3879. That's 646-826-3879. There's also the wiki, uh, which is always linked to from blog.stackoverflow.com. And... Um, that's where people edit transcripts, write, write down transcripts. I'm really falling asleep here. <laughs> I just got off the plane from Korea, so I'm in sort of a different time zone. And um, see you next week. Yep, see you next week. You've been listening to Stack Overflow with Jeff Atwood and Joel Spolsky. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. The post-production audio engineer for this program was Joel Spolsky. Our website editor was Jeff Atwood. The series producer is Jeff Atwood. This is Phil Windley. I hope you'll join me next time for another great presentation from Stack Overflow here on IT Conversations.